So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. There was the country mouse and the city mouse. The country mouse and the city mouse. There was the country mouse and the city mouse. And they got married and live in a townhouse with a bird dog, a baby, and a 10-year-old boy. Because they fucked up their life and that's the only <laughs> option. Welcome everybody, it's episode 24 of So I Married an Alcoholic. I'm Chris, I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. How are you, my love? I'm pretty good, how about yourself? Oh, uh, you know, hanging in there. I'm cleansing today. Like, anally? No, other route. It's supposed to come out anally, though, I think. Oh. Actually, it's not that kind of cleanse. No? No. I mean, it's like juice and that's it, but it's, I don't know, it doesn't make you poop a lot. Okay. Yeah. I kind of wish it did. I mean, I don't have that problem necessarily. I mean, I do. I take a, a shit ton <laughs> of uh, Imodium, which is unhealthy in and of itself. Yes. But hey. It is what it is. You've wrecked your bowels over the years. I have. Uh, opiates have destroyed my innards, if you will. Yeah. My second pregnancy destroyed the outers for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all back together, sort of. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. All right, what do you want to talk about? So I'm cleansing today. Mm. Because we spent the weekend at... Oh, the Bacon Fest. The Bacon Fest. All things swine. Which I found on a whim. You did, which is actually a really good find. Exceptional find. I agree. Me and 100,000 of my closest friends also found it. <laughs> it was packed. It was packed. I was actually shocked. Like, there was no parking in sight, and you could barely move. It was uh, almost overwhelming to a certain extent, right? I, I think especially since, like, we haven't been in a crowd like that in, you know, a year and a half. Yeah. Like, that's weird to think about. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was outdoors, and it was a gorgeous day. Little chill in the air, but nice and sunny. A little autumn backdrop, if you will. Lovely. And they had, like, I don't know, 300 vendors or something? Oh, at least. And there was food trucks and all things bacon. Yes. And then some random stuff mixed in. A lot of booze. Yeah, with bacon in them. I'm not sure about that. So, uh, JP and I, excuse me, Auntie Gay P and I. That's right. Get it right. And we also took along the doctor, Dr. Chong, were discussing at one point, actually probably several points, because we're alcoholics and, you know, we'll obsess over anything. Sure. About how the bacon Bloody Mary sands the Mary, or is it the bloody? I think it's probably, I don't know. I, actually, I, I would figure it would be sans Mary. I would think sans bloody, because Mary was a virgin. Yeah, but the bloody's the tomato stuff. I don't know if we'll ever get to the bottom of that. Either way, the fucking drink, minus the vodka, with some bacon in it, was actually very appealing. Oh, I'm sure. I actually enjoy a Bloody Mary. As a matter of fact, when your family does the golf tournament, it's the McMaster's Golf Tournament, if you're local to the Philadelphia area, I recommend you get in on that. It's McMaster's.org. It's held in July. Or is it June? It's June. It's the day after Father's Day. Yeah. And I'm an uninvolved father, so <laughs> it's and it's not on a weekend. So you are free to golf. So I'm available. Perfect. But uninvolved, if that makes sense. Completely. 
Anyways, your brother always makes up his famous Bloody Marys. Yes. And because he has a derelict brother-in-law, i.e. me. Yes. He always makes it without vodka. One single without vodka. Well, Everyone yeah. else gets vodka. Maybe there's like, you know, one in a backup if I'm feeling particularly saucy that day. You know, it's funny. You actually told me that the other day and I thought that was really sweet. It was. Very sweet of him. Very considerate. Very thoughtful man. It is. I like him. He's all right. <laughs> Bacon Fest was an absolute success. It was. It was a blast. It was good to see the boys. It was. Um, we spent a lot of time reminiscing. Uh, a lot of time talking about, you know, like the recovery house. And of course, letters from your celly came up because how does it not come up, right? Every conversation. As it should. And uh, we were just talking about, you know, how I, lucky we were, you know, because again, you can recover anywhere. Yes. Um, I was lucky enough to end up in this area and I ended up in a recovery house with a bunch of guys that held me accountable and wouldn't co-sign my bullshit. Yeah. And I think that honestly made a lot of the difference in, you know, the type of person that I was and that I chose to change, right? Definitely. So it was just, you know, it was cool how we just kind of all sort of had that same thought process of how lucky we were to have, you know, met each other at the same time. Of all the places in the world, you could go to a recovery house. Like, we ended up in that same spot together, which was just super, super cool. It was actually very endearing to watch the three of you talk about it and kind of get sentimental about it. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Because, you know, getting sober is a team effort, and, you know, you have to do your own individual work, but the people that you surround yourself with, you know, help you on your journey. Oh, it makes uh, all, literally all the difference in the world. And you were lucky enough that you didn't have to seek them out, at least. You had them built in. I actually, yeah. you know what, I remember, and this was, you know, early in us dating, and something happened, I was upset or having a hard time, and you said to me, you know what I didn't realize? You go home to your parents' house every night if you're having a bad day. And not that my parents aren't great people, they are, but they don't understand and Chris said, I go home to a house full, a dozen other guys that are going through exactly what I am, you know, speaking to the recovery house environment and how that really can foster sobriety. Again, like a lot of things in my post addiction slash alcoholism life were, were not necessarily choices of my own doing, like definitely the higher power thing. A hundred percent. I would like to take credit for all of the, of the decisions that I've made, but Again, I, I think it was just a, a stroke of good fortune. Yeah, so it's a little and, luck and a prayer. Yeah, and being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, definitely. Where do you want to go next? I don't know. Now that we had got all the corniness out of the way. Yeah. What was your favorite part of the Bacon Fest? So we had, and uh, I wish I, f I remembered the name of the vendor. I know. I was thinking about that tonight. I was like, we didn't even take note of it. No, it was the most amazing sandwich. So it was... Pork belly. Yes. Which is like the really fatty part of the bacon fried in duck fat. Mm -hmm. And this will literally, if you're listening to this, it will make you go into cardiac arrest without even eating anything. I know. It was absolutely delicious. And then it had apple butter on it and some sort of like slaw. Yes. And it, it was on a biscuit. It's some kind of... Uh, spice maybe like a like a ground mustard or something yes there was a mustard involved um, i don't know it was like sweet salty 
crispy. It was all the things in one. And a little arugula so you didn't feel too yes. shitty about yourself. You're like, I'm having a salad. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was by far the best. Hands down. What about you? No, that was mine. You took oh. it. Okay. That was really all I ate, to be honest. I I didn't do as much damage as I, I wanted to. We actually did not. We didn't eat excessively. Like, we split that sandwich. And then Auntie Gay P, like the complete tool bag that she is, had like two fish tacos. I know. I was like, wait, were they chicken? Like, we're going to a swine- That's not bacon. We're going to a swine festival and you're eating fish tacos? Yeah, it was ridiculous. You're Doc- an asshole. Dr. Chong definitely indulged the most. He ate 27 pounds of pig. Literally. And maybe a donut. And he doesn't have to cleanse today because he didn't gain <laughs> a single pound from it. <laughs> we were actually getting Auntie Gapey's stupid fish tacos. And Dr. Chong went to the vendor next door. And they had apple cider and bacon. Now, really? what the good doctor did not realize until after he had placed and paid for his order is that you get the apple cider in one hand and then a stick of bacon in the other. Rip off. Like he was thinking you're getting- Infused. Yeah. That's a like, like a tea bag full of bacon <laughs> in your apple cider. We should start our own cart next year. I mean, I think we'll make it an annual occurrence. It was really fun. Maybe we'll go on the Sunday. I wonder if the Sunday was less crowded because it was packed. It was packed. We were actually talking, again, the boys and I, about, you know how like the deadheads travel to all of the dead shows and like some beat up shitty old bus. We could just tour the country in the bacon bus. Well, and this was one of the top bacon festivals in the country. So glad I moved here. I know. You didn't know it at the time, but see. Yeah. Another God moment. Some, again, sometimes you just get lucky. Put you where they celebrate the pig. While we're on celebrating, let's make sure we thank the sponsors. Marlene Graphics. MarleneGraphics.com for all of your printing needs. And RealtorInABaby.com. RealtorInABaby.com for all of your real estate needs. And, of course, we want to thank our listeners. Always thank the listeners. And our numbers continue to climb. We just crossed the 10,000 threshold. Which is pretty epic. Especially since we're still under six months in running of this show. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I, it won't be six months till like Thanksgiving. 27th or 28th yeah. or something like that is when we it published our first episode back so in- So nuts. Was it May? May. Yeah. yeah. May. It was in May. Yeah. May, it's not your thing. Meh. All right. I remember that. Don't start with me tonight. I'm starving. All right. Fine. So speaking of the listeners. Yes. We got some hate mail. Oh, we did get hate mail. And it's funny because at first I thought like I'd be super sad about it, but I wasn't. Were you? No. I mean, I I took the, you know, typical Chris. You were like, oh, we just got some hate mail. We were upstairs on the couch watching TV with Auntie Gay P. He was still here. Uh, And I was like, all right, cool. My show's on. Like like my grandmother used to say, you know, I'm watching Wapner. Don't interrupt (laughs) me. Columbo. (laughs) Exactly. So anyway, so we finished said show and I opened it up and, you know, and I read it and then I was just like, well, fuck you, asshole. (laughs) Start your own podcast, you pussy. And then I told Chris that wasn't the way to go about it. And then I was like, okay. (laughs) So I said to him, we got to like, you know, respond to on air and an email all correspondences we get 
positive or negative. Yeah. And you know what? You're right. Like, I should not be able to pick and choose. Right. You know, based on my particular mood or golf score that day or whether the bird tracked the birds, whatever it is I'm doing in my leisure activities. That was part of the hate mail. Which is why I did it. <laughs> I'm still in fuck you mode. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's cured though, folks. So anyway. Certainly. Uh, the first part said, please learn to pronounce leisure. And I believe it is pronounced leisure. I also believe we know that. But here's the thing about Chris. When he says something and it gets a good response and it's funny the first time, he'll say it over and over and over again. So watch what you laugh at, folks. Like a three-year-old. And to address the leisure there you go. comment specifically, I, it was definitely a fake email address that we I got. I know, we so, couldn't respond. Like, you're a pussy, first of all. Stop. You, again, be better than the haters. Second of all, I do know how to pronounce leisure. I know. I was actually wondering. I was like, maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's one of those Boston things, like how they say aunt instead of aunt, like your aunt. No, because an, an ant is like an ant farm. So I'm saying it wrong? Correct. Okay. Well, maybe everyone else is saying leisure wrong. So anyways, there is a leisure suit. I know. And then there is a leisure activity. Either way, sir... Ma'am, they, whatever you want to call yourself, I am pretty sure that I took a shit this morning <laughs> that's smarter than you would ever hope to be in your entire life. But thank you for the feedback. We appreciate it. You're being ridiculous. I'm not participating in this. I don't share his same opinion. Which is why I am me and you are you. I actually respect people giving us feedback. I think there's areas of growth from it. Not from the leisure portion or whatever. That's just being silly. I, I don't get me wrong. I, I totally agree with you on, on all levels. You're just t toddler tantruming in the corner? No, I'm just saying, like, if we're going to state facts, like, I took a dump this morning <laughs> that was smarter than that person. That's it. That's all I'm saying. You don't know that. Leisure could have been written by Einstein. He was a math guy. Yeah, that's, that's why he thinks it's pronounced leisure. Now, if he was like, per Thoreau, it's okay. pronounced leisure, I would have been like, okay. If Henry David Thoreau says it's pronounced leisure, then let's roll with it. All right. But fuck you. <sighs> so the second part is much more pertinent. Absolutely. I do agree on that aspect. I do. And the second part says, and read the 11th tradition. So for those of you that are not aware, the 11th tradition states verbatim. So tradition 11 states, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. So this is a podcast. It is. It's none of the above. <laughs> That's not the answer. Book was written 80 years ago. Newspapers barely existed. So I actually think that's a part of it. But this is a very important part, right? It is a very important part. I think we can break it apart and kind of talk about all the different parts of the 11th tradition or what the traditions mean, where we are wrong. Sure. Okay. Do you want to start? What's the 11th tradition mean to you? I guess uh, in a very simple way, it just means that like when I go to a meeting, if somebody's speaking that I don't disclose to other members of AA or non-members of AA, i.e. the public, that Joe Blow from Toledo 
is struggling with his addiction or with his alcoholism or he got into a fight with his wife or basically it's kind of like a um like a doctor or lawyer privilege type thing right yeah like definitely. we don't it's kind of like fight club for alcoholics what happens in aa stays in aa yeah I, and why I, do you think that is i do not preach to people i do not you know, if I see like uh, a homeless person on the corner or somebody stumbling out of a bar or something like that, it is 100% not my job to go up to them and suggest that they hit a meeting or anything like that. You know, people are very aware, especially in this day and age, that this program exists. Yes. And that there is help out there if you need it. And it is not up to any individual member of AA to be the spokesperson for AA. Absolutely. Right. And I think that's the main thing. Like, we do not speak for AA. And it's funny, when we first started this, we actually had a disclaimer that said that. And we had recorded it, and we were planning on putting it at the beginning of all our episodes, and then for some reason we never did. That's because we had a, a shit promotions guy at that point. Yeah, we had someone that was like supposed to record us a soundbite, but we're still waiting on it from Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, so six months and almost 11,000 downloads later. But you know what? That's just an excuse because we could have easily said it ourselves. And I, th- I think we did at one point. I think maybe the first episode we, we did our little disclaimer thing. Yeah. I don't necessarily need or see the need to uh, beat that horse, so to speak. Sure. So I think um, this person had some valid points, though. You know, it talks about the anonymity, which I always struggle with that word. I think everyone does, honestly. As well as aioli, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that's a true story, but the two aren't related. Anyway, um, I think that... You know, in the beginning when that was written, I think there was a ton of stigma surrounding alcoholism. And I think there still is a lot of stigma uh, surrounding addiction of any type. But I do think that some barriers have been broken down. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think that's actually something we're trying to do with this show. And I think, yes, exactly, because there is still certainly a lot of progress to be made in that arena. Definitely. We are nowhere near where we should be. And also, I think this is where the program of AA does itself a great disservice. I think that there's some very old school and albeit successful. And when I mean successful, I mean, you know, they haven't had a drink in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, which is a great, great thing. Right. But I think that that sort of old school thinking is so ingrained in them that it does it a great disservice, right? Sure. I also think like we talked about, like with changing technologies, in a way you almost have to keep up with the times. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we do not speak for AA, but we do want to continue to share our experience, strength, and hope to inspire other people. And this is a great avenue to do it. I mean, we've reached over 10,000. Absolutely. And people that would, without question never walk into a church basement or a clubhouse or any sort of structured AA meeting and put their hand up. And I think this is a great way for people to sort of, I don't want to say ease into the program, if you will, but I think it's just two very, well, on the surface, you know, very normal people, semi-successful, but still found themselves fighting with alcohol or drugs 
Definitely. And I think too, I've had, we've gotten a lot of emails actually that have talked about, I do consider myself an alcoholic. I don't consider myself an alcoholic or I haven't drank in however long, but I've never gone to a meeting. And then those emails are often like, I'm considering it now because I've heard you speak. Or I think maybe I'll check a meeting out, you know? And I think in that sense, we've, we have done a great service. I think we also get a fair amount of, am I an alcoholic? type emails. Yes. And the answer to that is always, it's not up to me to decide or tell you if you are an alcoholic or not. Yeah. But I think we will be the first people that'll say, go sit in a meeting and it'll make it easy to decide for yourself. Yeah. And again, what's the worst thing that can happen? You lose 60 minutes of your life. Exactly. Like if that's the worst thing that you'll do that day, week, year, month, whatever, like, trust me, you'll be a better person regardless. Sure. And I did also hear it once described in a meeting when talking about the 11th tradition. Someone had said, you know, one of the reasons that it still holds true today, even though, you know, some of the stigma has been broken down, is the fact that you don't want people out there, say, like celebrities, going and touting, I'm for AA, I, you know, I represent AA. And then six months later, they have this major public relapse. Because then that shows poorly on AA is what some people feel. Yes, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, I'm sorry to use her as as an example, but Demi Lovato was a huge AA person. And then she relapsed. And you could, I'm telling you, look on her Twitter page or her Instagram or her Facebook. And there is nothing but, I mean, I'm sure there's a small percentage that are like, it's okay. You know, you get a, you fall off, you get right back on that horse, girl. But there's a lot of people that were also like, oh, fuck you, you idiot. Like, not necessarily in her corner or cheering for her in any way. And also, see, AA doesn't work. Exactly. So that's another point of it. So I think the most important thing for us, at least, to strive home when we did that disclaimer was any failings on our part, any character defects that still exist, any mistakes we make aren't actually a failure of AA, but our own personal failure to work our program. Yes, absolutely. And I think, first of all, thank you for bringing that up and making that distinction because AA is a very simple program. Yes. And if you follow it even half-assed, you'll be a better person. A hundred percent. And any of those people that practice a program and for whatever reason fall off that horse, so to speak... It's not a failure of the program. It's a failure of it of the individual. Yeah, definitely. If you're not following the rules to something, you know, they're put in place for a reason. That's right. Um, so I actually am very grateful for that question because I appreciate anyone that makes fun of my husband, number one. So you get applause from me. <laughs> Fake email address. And I also, you know, that that does make me think. And I actually did have some like guilt about that. Like we should have done more of a disclaimer. Are we insulting or misrepresenting or poorly representing AA at all? Because for us, it is such an important part of our lives and we would never want to do that. I think you and I could be the reincarnated versions of the founding fathers of AA. I doubt it, bro. And somebody would still have an issue with something that we said, which is just the way things are. And frankly, it's okay as well. Absolutely, yes. That's the beauty about this country, right? You are entitled to your own opinion. You're entitled to your own voice. You can think whatever you want. I, I honestly think that that person sending that email sort of 
checked us, if you will. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not going to prevent me from either telling my story or continuing to do this or something like that, but it may sort of reel in slightly a bit of my obnoxiousness. Really? For maybe the remainder of this episode, and that's about it. Okay. Um, I think the other thing is, too, like, I also believe that my anonymity is my own. Everyone's personal anonymity is their own. And I'm the same way. I don't go around saying, I'm an AA, I'm sober. In fact, there's some circles. You kind of do. You have a So I Married an Well, I do. Sticker. Sticker on your car. But that's okay. I know. But some people maybe just think you are. This podcast is based on promotion rather than attraction. Exactly. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) you know, a couple of things. Something my mom used to always say about people. Right. Oh, Jesus. You never have to tell anyone. People should never have to tell anyone how rich they are or how smart they are. People will know how smart you are or your place in society by the way that you present yourself. And so I think that plays a role of it. And also, I think the other thing is there is still some stigma. So I don't open every conversation or every new person I meet with. Hey, I'm so I'm Megan. I'm sober and I'm in AA. No, neither do I. Um, my work does know um, because I was there when it all imploded. And well, they were exceptionally supportive. That and I think that you are legally obligated to tell them. I am. And I have worked some different part-time jobs in between. And people have been very understanding. In fact, we, uh, Chris and I talked about this when it comes to stigma. You know, the most recent one I said, you know, and I have to let you know that I'm in a monitoring program because I got a DUI. And the response was, that's all right. We don't care about that. Everyone's got a DUI, which isn't true. But it has become, you know, kind of a normal thing. Not normal, but that's commonplace. That's something you hear frequently, I think. I don't think it's necessarily as taboo as it used to be. No. It's definitely still taboo to a certain extent. Which well, I mean, it should be. A DUI should be very taboo. I, I'm not speaking necessarily to the DUI itself, but the fact that people talk about their struggles. And when I say struggles, I mean, you know, mental health, addiction, marriage, professionally, whatever it is. Like, I think that I don't want to say as a society we have been raised to you know, not talk about this stuff. And even I had brought up a little bit of my own, you know, how I'm feeling mental health wise on our last episode. But now there are athletes that are bowing out of the Olympics because they're like, you know what? I'm just not in the right place. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. No, I think it's good to be honest about it before something terrible happens. Exactly. Or the other thing about disclosing whether you're in AA or not, and it's definitely, you know, certainly up to each individual, but I can tell you that, you know, through my personal and professional life, there are two crowds of people, if you will, right? There are those that you will tell that you are in recovery or that you are, you don't drink however you want to phrase it and tell you straight up to your face that they are incredibly proud of you and they wish you all the best. And if you need anything, please reach out. And they are absolute champions of the cause. And then there's another segment of society that you will say that I am in recovery and still treat you like an asshole. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I am very proud of my recovery, but that doesn't necessarily mean that like I wear it on my chest or 
whatever phrase that is. Yeah, and I think that's where I was going with it. Like, are there places in your life? Like, I know that I will be completely honest in saying that even when we put out this podcast, like I was super anxious putting it out, thinking, all right, it's out there now. People are going to know. Mm-hmm. Or when I meet new people, I'm at one of my kids' games talking to parents on the sideline. Not that I have to announce it there, but what if people invite you to a social situation? You know, Chris and I often joke that we don't really have many friends. What if we start to make friends? When does that come up in conversation? And I know that sounds silly, but I, I think that's still a part of our our reality. And like sometimes it does get very awkward if you are in... Or if you're at, you know, a work party or some sort of social event and you're going up to the service station to get a beverage and you're ordering a Coke or a water or whatever. And then, you know, Susie comes up next to you and she's like, oh, you're not drinking tonight. And then you're like, well, now what? Yeah. And I think it's funny because I think in some of those situations, you're like, no, not tonight. Would you hit it too hard last night? And really, you're like, well, I hit it too hard for about two dozen years. (laughs) But, you know, you don't need to disclose in that situation. I normally just laugh that off or blow it off unless I think it would serve someone else by them knowing I'm sober. Yeah, and I... Or if it would jeopardize my sobriety in any way by not disclosing that. Right, and I tend to do a little bit of the same thing unless on the occasional event that I'm going for the shock factor. Yeah, yeah. And I'm ordering my Coke and they're like, oh, you don't drink? And I'm like, no, I'm a bank robbing heroin addict. And then they look at you like cross-eyed and then walk away. And I'm like, all right, well, shit, that was easy. (laughs) I also think there's something that is really important to note is that we do respect everyone else's anonymity. Did I get it right? Excellent pronunciation, darling. We Um, do. And we have guests on this show. uh, That are well, sometimes they are sober. Sometimes they're not sober. Yeah, definitely. You know, we always have that conversation. Like, if you want to talk about that, you can. And that's sort of the only thing that's off limits when we have guests on. A hundred percent. And the other thing is, too, even emails we get or questions that were asked, if we're going to mention it on the show, when we respond back to the email first, we always say... We are going to bring this up on the show. We will not use your name. We don't use any distinguishing feature so that no one can place them. Exactly. So I think that's an an important thing to know. So are we wrong? Are we right? I don't know. Probably somewhere in between. I I don't really necessarily focus on the right or wrong thing. Again, we get a tremendous amount of feedback that is not only super encouraging in terms of, I love what you guys are doing. Please keep doing it but also the feedback that we get that has the specific questions or complete strangers are reaching out to us, telling us a very intimate and private part of their lives gives me the, I don't want to say strength, but it gives me the, the drive to continue to do this yeah, and to continue to, tell my story and put my story out there in hopes that even some of the most obnoxious and stupid, embarrassing things that I've done gives people the strength to come out with their own thing and hopefully gain some self-realization out of that. And I think for one negative comment we got, we've gotten 
hundreds that have said you have helped me in some way. So sometimes the whatever's worth the cause, the, the uh, I got nothing. Like the the ends justify the means. Yes, okay. that's perfect. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for yelling. <laughs> I was excited. You excited me, honey. I appreciate that. So, anyways, I I think the bottom line is, you know, I, I'm very sorry if we offended you or your program or anything like that. That was ne- that's not our intention at all. Our intention is to spread our personal stories and you know AA is a part of that um but again most importantly any place that we've ever fallen down along the way uh the only person to blame is ourselves i i agree with that absolutely so yeah you know if if we offended you or you know made you feel some sort of way we are absolutely from the bottom of our hearts incredibly sorry yes um but you should probably still continue to download and tell your friends Totally. Definitely tell them. I mean, if you can't get something out of it, somebody else will. Exactly. Don't don't hurt, make the other people suffer. Exactly. You're doing your friends a great disservice. All that being said, a couple of things to look forward to. We have Mr. Britt James coming on the show in a couple of weeks. Yes. Britt James is the founder and CEO of an organization called Philly Unknown. It's an outreach program, I guess we could call it, yes. or an outreach organization that they operate down in Philadelphia, specifically the neighborhood of Kensington, which is one of the definitely United States, if not the world's largest open air drug markets. And I'm not going to go too much into, you know, the organization story or Brit's story, because I think that's definitely going to be best told by him. But I do want you to sort of do your homework in between if you have any questions for Britt, be sure to reach out. You can send them over to so I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. You can also check out our Facebook and Instagram pages. They are both super easy. It's so I married an alcoholic. Be sure to like, listen, follow, download, etc., etc. In a bit of sad news, we have double funerals coming up. We do. So it's kind of hard, you know, juggling life, life on life's terms. My aunt had passed away a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I have to go up to the service uh, this coming Friday, which is, I mean, albeit sad and unfortunate, it's it's a part of life, right? It is. Do you want to talk about that at all? That may be a good time to talk about some of that. Some of what? I don't know. I, I think um, just how you feel about going to this funeral, um, what it means to you. Like, uh, maybe I'm wrong in thinking there's more significance. No, you definitely are. Okay. I mean, yes, it's it's significant in the fact that a very loved and very endearing member of my family passed away. Yes, that in and of itself is is obviously significant. I don't know where necessarily you were going with that, but do I feel some sort of way about going up there or more specifically going up there alone, perhaps without you because you may have to stay local this weekend? No, not necessarily. I, I think what's helping out with that is it's going to be literally an up and down. Mm-hmm. Like funerals Friday morning. I'm driving up Thursday. I'm going to sleep at Mumsy's. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do the funeral thing. And then I'm going to bomb back down here. Yeah. I do get, and we've talked about this before, like I do get super anxious going to Mumsy's, more specifically Worcester. But I think that that's just something that I have to get over. I mean, that's my own shit that I have to deal with, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, you know, because this is going to be just a literally up and down, like I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm not going to have time to sit in my own shit and think about 
you know, all the bullshit that went down in Worcester. Yeah, no, I get that. I think in my mind I was thinking, and I could be 100% off base here, that I don't know if this funeral means something to you because I know how close you were to your grandmother, and this was her relative Mm -hmm. and someone she was very close with. And I know that at the time your grandmother died, you weren't in a great place. No, I was a complete mess. Yeah, and so I don't know. I guess I've thought about that in a way. Like, do you feel some sort of way about that at all? Um, Does this feel like closure for you or a chance to even make amends? or And not to anyone specifically, but even just having Frankie there. Like, I know that's you've said that's important to you. Is that, I don't know, I guess I almost see it as, you know, is it some sort of homage or amends or something to your grandmother who you were very close with who did not get to see you sober? No, I don't think so. To speak specifically to the amends part of it, I mean, any opportunity that I see somebody that is owed in amends, and trust me, there is a long and distinguished list in my past. Any opportunity that I come across those people is, you know, an opportunity to make right for the things that I've done. Sure. And if I can't make right for it, to at least say my part and, you know, move on. Yeah. You know, do I feel bad that I didn't get a chance to clean up my shit and and show my grandmother, you know, that I could be like a decent, honorable human being? Yeah, of course. I think that's just, you know, a little bit of that is it happens when it happens type deal. And it's rather unfortunate that it didn't happen sooner so my grandmother could see that. But, you know, I also believe there's a heaven. Yeah. And I'm sure that she can see all of the good work that I'm doing now. Yeah. No, I believe that too. And while she wasn't here to share in that joy and, you know, in the earthly sense, I am sure that she's bragging to the good Jesus of how cute her great granddaughter is. I know. I know. I think there was a part of me that's feeling like Chris needs to go and present the baby to the altar. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Like to show your grandma, like, look where I'm at and look at this beautiful kid I've created. And in the end, it was all worth it. Oh, she I'm sure she's well aware of that, you know, and not for nothing. But my family is very pro Frankie, very Um, pro Frankie. And, um, you know, I think any opportunity that they get and run into people that they know, they're like, oh, my God, look, look at this gem of a child that my derelict son created. Well, and I think. And then all is well in the world. And I think, too, in some respect, any excuse we get to see your family. Sorry, Ann Carol, not using you as an excuse. I'm just saying. Jesus Christ, Megan. We always capitalize on it. You know, like, sure, it's not a family reunion, but there'll be a lot of people there to get to see and spend time with. I'm a salesman. I really want to know who's selling Aunt Carol's house. I'm an opportunist. I guess so. I'd sell Jesus's house. I mean, if there's a market for it. I'm sure somebody would want a thousand-year-old manger. (laughs) (laughs) A manger. What do you say? There's a pot for every lid or a lid for every pot? Yeah, something like that. Either way, it works. There you go. All right, any final thoughts, my love? I really don't have any. How epic of you. I'm sorry. I didn't didn't bring much to the table tonight except a low blood sugar. Ah, you usually don't. Well, I'm very happy that you're cleansing. Me too. I got to get all the bacons out. Please do not shit on me (laughs) mid-sleep. It's not that kind of cleanse. Yeah. It's just detoxifying. I'm getting the toxins out. All right. That's fine. Okay. We're judging. Yep. That's fine. I'm supposed to say I'm not here to judge, but I do. 
It is what it is. Release me on a daily basis. So things to look forward to. Make sure you stay on top of the Facebook and the Instagram pages. Again, it's So I Married an Alcoholic. Also, if you have any feedback, good, bad, indifferent, which obviously we are very open to, send it over to the Gmail account. It's so I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. Our podcasts, I don't know if you people out there in listener land know this, but it is now available to stream through Facebook. So if that makes it easier for you, please, by all means, download there. Just make sure you like, listen, follow, tell your friends. And leave the iTunes review. That's right. Always please leave the iTunes review. Even if you're too lazy to actually write the review. Just hit the five star. Just hit the five stars. That's it. And you have to scroll to the bottom. I've had I have had people ask me how. Well, you just told them, darling. Yep. Scroll down. It'll be there. You'll have the opportunity. It's good marriage advice. Just go down. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Let's wrap that up. All right. Also, don't forget we're having Britt James on in a couple weeks. Britt James, Philly Unknown. Do your research. Send us an email if you have any questions specifically for Britt or Frankie or Megan or myself. And I think that's all we got tonight. Sounds good, boo. Say goodnight, darling. Good night, darling. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you're struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.